episode 1975 of No BS Job Search Advice Radio. Welcome! I'm Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and today is a long-form interview with Carolyn Brown, and we talk about lessons that she's heard from hosting a daily LinkedIn Live, or co-hosting a daily LinkedIn Live, lessons that she's learned about networking that I thought would be interesting for you folks. Hope you find this helpful. Hope you give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. And I just want to remind you, I'm looking for some advice about what should I do for my 2000th episode and my 10th anniversary. They're probably about a week apart. I haven't looked at the specific dates, but they're not that far apart. And do you have any ideas? And if so, message me at thebiggamehunter at gmail.com. Give me your thoughts. And in the meantime, I hope you give the show a great review and let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So my guest today is Carolyn Brown, who you'll discover is not from Brooklyn, New York with an unusual accent. Carolyn is someone who's been in recruiting for a long time and is hosting lots of LinkedIn Lives. And we're going to be talking about what she's learned from doing all these LinkedIn Lives uh, with regard to networking. Carolyn, welcome. And please introduce yourself to my audience. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm, I'm down under and probably down in the down under. So I'm based down in Melbourne in Australia. And um, so yes, you're right. I've been in recruitment for a long time. But about uh, 15 years ago, I uh, flipped my career and I escaped the corporate world. And I decided to set up my own consultancy interview IQ. So um, from that point on, I've been helping people find jobs. So working on resumes, LinkedIn profiles, interview coaching. Um, I run a straight to shortlist challenge, helping people learn how to network and approach people directly for jobs and bypass recruiters. And um, yeah, so from March this year, from mid-March this year, I've been doing a daily LinkedIn Live with a co-host, Nesha Gadani, And we decided that we would be very present for people during a really terrible time, um, during lockdown and people losing jobs and talk all stuff careers. So um, that's what I've been doing daily, every day at three o'clock, um, every weekday at three o'clock. And, and that's and Melbourne time, of course. Melbourne time, yes. So it's probably some hideous hour on your side of the world. But and from time to time we do, um, we've had quite a few guests from the States. So sometimes we've done 10 o'clock in the morning, sorry, 10 o'clock at night our time. So we've had um, guests from all over the world actually, which has been pretty amazing. Very gracious of you to accommodate the rest of the world on your schedule. <laughs> and I'm used to it. <laughs> and first of all, I want to start by saying I am very envious that you've had access to LinkedIn Live. I've oh, been yeah. pleading with them for the longest time. After all, I'm a guy with more than 6,000 videos on YouTube, yeah. you know, the number one podcast and Apple podcast for job search. I'd switch all my YouTube work over to LinkedIn. 
Yeah. But they've yet to, I've, I've said this to them, but they have yet to bless me for having access to LinkedIn Live. Yeah, well, you know, the weird thing, Jeff, is that they originally gave, uh, we do it via Nishad Gadani, he's my, my co-host, so we do via his stream. But they gave me LinkedIn Live and then they took it away from me because I didn't use it. So I had access for a few weeks and then I went to go to use it and I'm like, oh, I don't have access anymore. So um, it is in beta, uh, beta form. So um, I guess, but I think it'd just be, um, they would be overwhelmed if they released it out to everybody. But you sound like you've definitely got a worthy cause to get it. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And let's start talking to folks about lessons that you've learned about networking from ah. running these LinkedIn lives. So what yeah. would you say your first lesson is? Well, I think it's, you've got to make it a habit. And I, we procrast, I procrastinated for such a long time about doing video and, you know, I'm an intermittent vlogger and I've always chastised myself for like not blogging regularly. But when the pandemic hit, it was like, I've got to do something. And the biggest lesson was if you make it a habit, you, you do it. It's no harder than actually just making it a habit. So for the first one and a half hours or two hours of my work day, I, I don't schedule anything else except working on what we're going to be putting up on the show and marketing the show and that type of thing. So yeah, just to schedule it is probably my number one takeaway. If you've got a network, schedule the time. Otherwise it won't happen because it's always an investment. It's a future investment. It's not something that pays immediate rewards. Um, and folks, I'm going to interject here and, and simply say, not only when you're job hunting, should yeah. you be making it the habit. It's when you're not job hunting that you make it the habit because otherwise you're pretty invisible yeah and then no one knows about you and then you need some help and then you're scrambling and yeah. no one's going to do it when you're desperate yeah, exactly so, the idea but also you know it's the thing that because not everybody says yes right if you think about networking reaching out to people not everybody says yes so it actually takes a long time to really build up a solid network so you're way behind the eight ball if you you know start when you absolutely need to do it basically oh yeah and um it's it's way too late at that point yeah you come across as the desperate person and, and whether it's in dating or in job hunting, <laughs> yes. no one likes desperate people under those conditions. <laughs> well, in a mile off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's it's kind of thing too, you know, that there's that saying of like give before you need, right? So you're very needy when, you know, people can smell that, that kind of neediness. So um, the thing about doing, say, the LinkedIn Lives is that we're not asking anything of anyone except for their time to appear, you know, and, but, but there's benefit in that for them. Like, you know, I'm appearing on your um, podcast and your video, there's a benefit to me, but you're, you know, so um, a lot of people say yes, but um, you know, when you're reaching out for a job, then you can expect a lot of people to say no, or just ignore you basically. And most of you senior people know this, uh, mm. that this is something that has to be part of your efforts on an ongoing basis. Mm. And when you don't have the habit, particularly when you're senior, it comes back to haunt you. Mm. Um, and 
I know there's one person I've been coaching. I've been working with him for a year. He'd been out of work for a long time as a consultant. Uh, he and his wife were moving to the West Coast of the United States. And through his networking, he got an, uh, an introduction to someone who's very well known in the risk management world. And he's had weekly phone calls with this man uh, for probably six months uh, as that fellow starts to figure out whether he's worth having the relationship with, what he really knows and whether he's substantial enough. And now they're going to collaborate on a paper together. And the paper is going to become a huge calling card for him because mm. the other man is the, is the well-known individual in the space. The guy I'm working with is not. Mm. And thus, it's suddenly going to allow him to have you know, increased branding, reputation, uh, and mm. visibility all because of his association with the other. Uh, mm. So folks, don't waste time. Just get mm. into the mix of things and don't worry about whether or not people respond to you right away. Mm. Sometimes you it takes six months. Expect to, to, oh, sorry, I didn't mention that, but you can definitely expect a non-response. So uh, with the straight to shortlist challenge that I do, I say to people, so we reach out to people cold. So, you know, accepting that most people won't network before they, they need to is, is why I started this so we I say to people when you're reaching out to people expect about a 25% yes rate for a complete stranger that you don't know to say yes to to meeting you and that that you know puts it into perspective for people and they don't take it so personally but um yeah it's it isn't you know it is the hard effort I think to to start um, completely cold and then reach out and try and build that warm, warm relationship from, from zero. Agreed. And the funny thing is, folks, when you hear 25% response, some of you I'm sure are gasping, but I'll remind you, how many are you responding to? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. It's like, it's so true. And I, I've done lots and lots and lots of outreach Generally, I say to people, it's kind of like a shape your expectation thing. I say expect a 25%, but you can get up to 50 or 60%. Yes. So it's, it's so, so people don't take the nose so personally um, and, and keep trying. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a psycholo psychological thing that, that I do with the, the challenge. So number one is make it a habit. Yeah. What would you say the second thing is that you've learned from your networking uh, about networking through doing LinkedIn Lives? Well, LinkedIn Lives pretty brutal and pretty raw, right? So you just jump on at three o'clock or whatever time. And so we've had, um, you know, screen fuzzies, people drop out, bad whatever. But it, I, I have learned that it's fun. Like, because a lot of people won't put themselves in that, that spotlight. Um, but I've learned it doesn't matter if stuff goes wrong. Um, I've learned that it's fun and there's so many people out there that have got great stories to tell and um, real, really fantastic insights for people. So, um, yeah, you can actually enjoy that opportunity to interact with people that you don't know. Um, and that's what I discovered about myself. It's like I think I was avoiding doing it because in my mind I was thinking it's not going to be fun but it actually has been a whole lot of fun. So, did, you, did you make the mistake of thinking you were supposed to be professional? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Australian. How can I be professional? Seriously. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's right. I mean, we are professional, but the mistakes happen, right? And that's just what happens. So um, people haven't been perfect. Um, we've had guests on that have talked probably too much like I'm doing and lost, the tra lost track of what they're saying. But, um, yeah, it, it, and it, it, it's been fun. I have to say that this part of being locked down at the bottom of the world, um, you know, we've reached out to a global audience and, um, yeah, it's been fun. And one thing I'll say, folks, that most of you think networking is pretty tedious stuff. Mm. And you will learn a lot if you just act curious mm. uh, and ask questions and invite people to teach you what it's like being them doing what they do. Mm. And initially, you may sense a degree of apprehension because uh, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop of, okay, when are they going to ask me about a job? <laughs> but the reality is if you focus on being curious about them and learning from them, you will do so much better with your networking than if you say, hi, how are you? You know about any jobs? <laughs> no one's going to tell you about a job under those circumstances. Enjoy yourself. Learn something. That's what I try and do in these interviews is learn something from my guests. It works wonders. Mm. It's a funny thing, because I, I always say, and we've done this on our show, but I always say to people when we go through that networking conversation is, you've just got to start with a great opening question. Like, you need to explain why you've, you know, selected them and why they're really interesting. But, you know, start with a great opening question around, you know, what do you love about what you do? I'm curious about what you do and I'm curious about what you love. And it's kind of like the hit-go question. And once people get talking, it turns into this conversation. And I think if you had a great curious conversation, inevitably people say, what are you? You want them to say, what are you looking to do next? Do you know what I mean? You don't mm -hmm. want to be pushing that. And if you have that great and curious conversation where they've done most of the talking, that does come up. You, you don't need to actually push it so much because they've felt heard and respected and valued and that type of thing. One of the things I teach people about interviewing is when you discover that they're doing most of the talking, mm. you know, one of the secrets when I was doing recruiting is the more they talk, the more they like you. Mm. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I'm really liking you now, Jeff. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> I've proven it yet again. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, you know, we're laughing about it, but it's human nature. Because mm. part of this is, although we're over Zoom, we've never physically met. We've spoken once before. Mm. Um, you know, folks, I do a pre-interview before to make sure that anyone I bring on is not a psychopath. <laughs> and if they are, they're at least a fun <laughs> psychopath. That's right. I'm a psychopath who can string a sentence together. I think that's probably... <laughs> I can work with that. Okay. Don't use that as the intro line, please. <laughs> no, it's probably not a good one. But when the, someone's messaging someone, uh, how do, what do they say in the message to try and get that connection to even have the conversation? Well, I think the important thing is to, like, if, for example, I'm talking LinkedIn now. The important thing is to message. A lot of people don't, right? So if you're a complete stranger and you've got another complete stranger reaching out to you, they don't want to have to guess why. Um, so basically, 
It's usually along the lines of high, really interested in your profile, um, that you've got this experience. I've got that experience as well. I'd love to connect. And sometimes we say, and seek some uh, advice from you or career advice. And some of those messages have come back, like that literally that 300 character message on LinkedIn um, with that like to seek some advice or some career advice. Some people have just responded to that and said, sure, do you want to have it, you know, what would you like to know? But it, it basically then frames up the fact that then you're going to be reaching out if they say yes. Um, and actually uh, in that email, um, we do like a follow-up email. Um, so it, it leads them to expect that, some, uh, something like that from the next, you know, the next email is a logical conversation basically. So if I heard you correctly, the idea is through LinkedIn, yeah. you're sending a, a connection request that explains that, you know, our profiles are similar and I'd like to, you know, ask you for some advice. Mm, yeah. are, you, are you also suggesting they look to people more senior than they? Do you um, to follow that career path? It Did really you? depends on the person. So... For example, I have a lot of people that are skilled migrants that come to work with me in Australia. So some, I look for people who have an affinity, right? So if you're an Indian coming to Melbourne and you're a business, business analyst, we look on LinkedIn for other Indians in Melbourne that are in the same profession. And so, um, so that, that person's at the same, at generally at the same level or might be um, one above. Um, generally go like as a general rule for peers or somebody um, one level above but we also seek out people that I call hubs so people that you can see that they're visibly connected and, and into networking and they might be a leader of a group they might be might have a blog they might have a meetup group um, so they may not necessarily be um, in your like doing the same role or one above but they've got a real interest in having a presence and being a you know being a connector in in the industry because that that's what they do and those people are absolute gold we've had so many people that have just come back and said oh wow that meeting was fantastic you know they talked about what they're up to they were happy to give advice and um so forth so um, i'm going to yeah. translate one or two things that you said for the u.s audience oh, okay skill migrants <laughs> translated legal aliens okay. Le legal immigrants to the united states yeah, uh, I can. It's in, funny the, that. in the united states we might not use you know that direct a term but in mm. other countries there's no issue with that so yeah recognize okay. folks there's cultural differences in communication yeah. style and don't immediately jump down carolyn uh, uh about using terms that you're not comfortable with in the u.s mm. but in other nationalities and other nations they are okay mm. i had no idea that that was um something that you wouldn't Day, I guess. So, well, in the United States, we also deal with the Native Americans who are also called Indians uh, okay. at that time because initially Columbus thought he arrived in India. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I was speaking from people from India, Pakistan, China. That's what I meant by that. So, Of course, of course yeah. I, know, I know that. But again, for the U.S. audience, if anyone's, um, you know, has their... Uh, suddenly, rawr, um, I just want to translate that in other cultures, it's perfectly normal. Um, 
So we've covered a couple of things so far. We've spoken about making networking a habit. It's fun. <laughs> Looking for hubs, how you reach out and, and do reach out through LinkedIn uh, and look for ways that you could be asking people for advice. And what else have you learned about networking through your LinkedIn live conversations? Because this is great stuff. Yeah. Well, I think the thing about it is not to ever expect that it, it's like that re, um, re, reciprocation. I always get that word confused. Reciprocity? Yes. Um, got it. Okay. Um, just because you give doesn't mean somebody will give back. I think you've got to really understand that and never, ever expect that you've, like, there's been people that we've had on the show that we've built a great relationship with that have then have ignored every single email afterwards. <laughs> like, so that, I think that's an interesting lesson. You can't take it, like, the, the, just the act of giving means that some people will give back, but never, never expect that um, from when you've, um, investing in, in somebody that that's going to be returned but just know that somebody will um you know somebody will give back it may not be the person that you're actually um expecting so you can have for example a great meeting with people um and then that person might ghost you so that that's all part and parcel of parcel of um actually um the process so that that's been a lesson for us as well that you know, we've had a lot of people on our show, um, but not everybody has um, responded when we've reached out again and that type of thing. So it's, it's just the way it goes. It's not personal, but it does happen. Right. And, and it's fascinating that having had that exposure, they wouldn't reply back later on. Mm -hmm. And I know that that happens in job hunting with networking mm -hmm. too. Um, and, and with a lot of regularity. But folks, I'm just going to remind you, for those of you who've seen me for a while, you've heard me say, it just takes one. Yeah. It's to be the right one, obviously, and we don't know yeah. who that's going to be. But you yeah. just need that one who suddenly adopts you and looks out for you and introduces yeah. you to that person who's going to be the one who wants to interview you and perhaps hire you. Yeah. Uh, and like I uh, use the metaphor of dating all the time, yes. you're going to be going out on a lot of blind dates. And on those blind dates, you know, not all of them are going to be good. Matter of fact, most of them are going to be pretty bad. Mm. And then you find the Yes, one. you're going to be kissing the frogs, basically. <laughs> another, another dating metaphor is a lot of frogs out there. But there are a lot of princes or princesses as well, in a nice term, I guess. So... Um, yeah, there just is. And that's the way it is. And I, I read some research that really resonated with me that as human beings, we're not that great at judging the um, reciprocal nature of friendship. So we think uh, we might describe people as great friends, but they may not describe us as great friends. And if you think of it like that, that makes sense of the whole sort of networking or dating world as well. You, you just don't know you might be made, you might think you're making a terrible impression on somebody, but the act that you've turned up is enough for that person. Do you know what I mean? And then you might be thinking you're making a fabulous impression and you're not. So, yeah. 
It is amazing how that works. And the parallels with dating are so <laughs> remarkable. And the number of times you have those circumstances where you really think there's that great connection. And <laughs> call me. <laughs> then silence. Silence. Yes. Forever. <laughs> and then there's the mind games, right? Because you go, and this is a great parallel with um, job hunting. It's like, oh, it's me. Nobody's ever going to say yes to me. And then you stop, right? And that's the worst thing that you can do. And I actually think, I know with my clients that where we're doing the outreach to people, that the people that are most successful are the people that just push on. Like they actually do make it, going back to that habit thing, they do it. Um, they do make a habit of it. They do set the time aside and just do it versus the stop and start. Um, they're the people that where I think the mind games start to creep in much more easily and it's hard for them to keep the momentum up. I don't know if you've noticed that in, in your work, Jeff. But Yes, yeah. persistence and resilience yeah. are the two key ingredients to any job search. You know, yeah. Facing defeat. You know, oh, that interview went so well, and then nothing. Mm. You just have to keep going out there. Mm. And as someone pointed mm. out to me, he was like a boxing trainer. Uh, and he, was he showed me how he trained one of his, his uh, uh, boxers. And he brought them in front of a mirror. And he said, see that guy over there? Toughest opponent. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. you are your own toughest opponent, folks. Yeah. You know, you're the one that gives yourself all those negative messages. And most of the time, the world really isn't thinking about you at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're talking yourself uh, out of opportunities. Yeah. So just keep plugging. Don't mm. worry about, you know, you didn't get that job. Just keep plugging. All you, mm. What you can control, you control, which is your own behavior. Mm. And from there, um, you know, it, if you have the marketable skills, eventually, no matter what the economy is like, even the freaking pandemic, I've been getting people hired. Uh, mm. And early in the pandemic, when everyone was terrified, you know, mm. people were getting hired sight unseen, except over Zoom. Uh, so mm. just keep plugging because that's within your control. Mm. Can I just make another point? Of might course be you can. That, that, that's what a guest does. They make my Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to make one. So. Good. I it's like my it. favourite bandwagon. And again, this is 101 stuff. But what I've noticed from <clears throat> reaching out to people on LinkedIn myself through for LinkedIn Lives, but also for people that I work with, is how few people actually pay attention to what's in their LinkedIn profile, which actually makes it incredibly difficult to make a real connection. So if you're wanting, I know it sounds weird because LinkedIn's been around for, feels like centuries now, but you know, they're out of date, they're in third person, they'll have one line that speaks about their company or nothing else. Um, it makes it, if, if you want people to reach out, you have to open yourself up as well, I guess is my point. So, um, you know, having that well-crafted out LinkedIn profile is a number one thing that you can do to give to other people around networking as well. Um, because I don't know if it's the same in the States, but in Australia, I, it, it's, it, if people knew how many times people have looked at their LinkedIn profile and thought, I won't connect with them, you can make your life a hell of a lot easier if you just paid, paid a level of attention to it. 
I was member 7653 oh, wow. of LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. I spotted it very early. I read something online and I said, sure. And yeah. I joined, there was very little there, of course. Mm -hmm. But with time, um, I learned to open myself up and I've got a great brand to attract people with the term mm -hmm. the big game hunter. Um, and those people have reached out to me. But folks, as you think of your profile, as, as I, I'll remind you again, you know, how will people find you? What terms will they search for in order to discover you? And thus, if you're not sure what those terms are, look at job descriptions. In the job descriptions, if you look at 10 job descriptions, five or six are going to have common terms related to what you do. Those are the ones that should be in your profile. Mm. And they're the outlier terms that maybe you use less frequently, but clearly the ones that are the, the dominant ones you should be using all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and thus, you know, that's the core is the profile. And then from there, what you can do is more things to draw attention to yourself mm -hmm. so that people are curious about you, whether it's writing, um, sharing video. Now they have LinkedIn stories, Ooh, you know, where you yeah. can put a short video uh, recorded from your phone about something happening in your life or your day. It's, mm. you know, it's a nice little service that they've introduced. And there's a lot more that you can do. But, um, you know, folks, when you're trying to be the aggressor, your resume has to be the tool that attracts. But the person who gets ahead isn't always the smartest. They don't always work the hardest. People get ahead by being alert to opportunity. And most of the time, it's external to their organization. And the way people find you is you want to be hunted by them. Mm -hmm. And your profile is the way that they do it. Mm -hmm. And as, as I had a conversation with uh, an executive recruiter in the UK, and as he said, it's everyone's database now. Mm. You know, the search firms used to have these exquisite databases that they cultivated on their own, but now LinkedIn with, as of this recording, almost 700 million people, you don't have to create your own. Mm. And, it, and it comes down to the relationship that people have in the brand of the recruiter. And I think, <clears throat> you know, the recruiters are, the better ones are knowing that they need to nurture those things, you know, nurture their pipeline and that type of thing. But yeah, it is the, the whole database. You think of the whole database as being open to, um, you know, you're open to being found and, and that type of thing. It's a funny thing. Like I, I was just reflecting as you were saying, when I went to change my career from being in corporate to doing what I, I do now, I, I deliberately went out and crafted a profile on Google knowing that people would Google my name and I didn't have any background or, or you know, any proven skills in doing what I'm doing, but um, I, I wanted them to see that I knew what I was talking about. So I went and <clears throat> um, wrote for some organisations and some papers and made sure that I could be found on Google around that. And I think that that helped me actually make that transition. And now, like 15 years on, there's no excuse not to do it because it's so easy to put a, an update on LinkedIn or even do a small blog post or a story or, or get involved in a group. It's very easy to be visible. And I'm surprised still people don't do, I don't think people do enough of it. I'm too busy. I got a job to do. <laughs> I can't do that. Like you don't commute folks. 
Give her a break. No, you're commu- me not to get on the wrong side of you, Jeff. <laughs> I'm a sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> but my, my podcast is no BS job search advice. Yes. So I'm very direct with the advice and I call people out for their nonsense uh, and do it in a uh, playful kind of way. Uh, so I'll just simply say, you do have the time. It doesn't take long. Like if you're going to write a blog post, I understand why you might want to craft it. But a quick story, a quick video that you share, even if you're sharing someone else's post, you know, it, you know, through repeated action, you start to get seen as the expert. Uh, And it, it takes no time other than a share. How tough is that folks? Exactly. I might steal that line. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And what haven't we talked about yet that we should? uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to think of the other things. Okay. So I think going back to what we've done with LinkedIn Live and Career Care Package, People have found jobs about, and again, this is 101 stuff, but it's worthwhile reinforcing. People have found jobs from um, interacting in the community of comments and people that talk and whatever. They they go there three o'clock every day and they meet their old friends after after three or four months. And people have found jobs from that process of just um, connecting up with other people and, 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 you know, taking it from there basically so it, I, I reckon if you're you know if you're looking for a job right now go and look at your professional communities that are doing because lots and lots of people are doing these live stuff now particularly on LinkedIn because people have got time and there's lots of community bubbles that are being formed around a particular area of interest and I've certainly seen that happen um, from our audience and our show as well um, and in fact we had a guest, somebody who commented, who was teaching architects how to speak more clearly um, and communicate in English, I invited her on our show and then she found clients in Thailand from our show. So, you know, that whole kind of interaction, put your hand up, communicate with other people, it's a great way to start a a networking relationship and that's what we've seen, you know, from doing the, the daily LinkedIn Lives. The more visible you are, folks, the more people will get to see you as an expert. Oh, I'm not an expert. Yeah, you are. More than you give yourself credit for. And if you're not as big an expert as others, well, you're still expert at what you do. And it's a big world. It's a big country. Someone will be interested in you and your expertise. The result winds up being if no one knows about you, you're invisible. (laughs) If people start to see you as the expert, as they have certainly with me and my work, and as they certainly do with you and your work, suddenly opportunities arrive in your inbox, which is what you want. If you're always the hunter reaching out, it's like, you know, being like amongst all the other fish trying to jump on the hook. (laughs) Now there's a lot of competition to get on that hook. (laughs) Yeah. But if people are reaching out to you, which is really what you want, you've cut the line. Mm. And, you know, I'm just going to use one more metaphor. When you try to get into a nightclub, you can go in through the front door where the bouncer is. 
the back door where someone opens it up for you, or there's a side door. And mm. here, being visible is like the side door. Mm. Uh, you're able to get in because you're doing something that no one else is willing to do. Mm. And you have the courage to do. And it's interesting. And with social media and LinkedIn, and I think these statistics are still relevant. Um, about 10 years ago, um, I was looking at online research and it had been done over the, almost from the time that the internet started about online communities. And the statistics were that 90% of people are lurkers, so they just consume and whatever. 8% of people actually give the thumbs up or like or comment and 2% of people are creators. And so guess who, who stands out the most in, in all of that, that scenario? And I think that still stands no matter what, what the community is. Um, so we've had also just on Career Care Package, we've had people that have told how they've really struggled to find a job, but what they've done is, and is actually create, put themselves at the centre of that community and be the expert in helping other people found, find jobs and have actually found jobs themselves. And in fact, Jacob Cher, who, you know, introduced us from the job mob, that's, that's, he, he told that tale about that's how he started the job mob, was that he was looking for a job himself um, in Paris. Um, so he started blogging about it and um, creating opportunities for himself. So, you know, if you look at those, those numbers, you go, gosh, you can stand out if you're just one of the 2%. You might not be the smartest person in the, work, in the room, but certainly, you know, you've got a voice that people um, are actually, you know, listening to. Bingo. And that's what everyone should be looking for is the opportunity to be seen, noticed, as opposed to lurking in the background, because the lurkers are the ones who have to all fight to get onto the hook. Mm. Whereas by cutting the line, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And this is my favorite line cutting story. My wife and I adopted our son uh, from Kazakhstan. And when we left Kazakhstan with him, we had to fly out by way of Moscow. And in Moscow, when you go through customs, there are thousands of people waiting to get through the official. But parents with very young children can walk to the front of any line. It's, it's a, a custom. And as we arrived, there were people waving us to the front because, you know, we clearly look like Americans. We dress differently. And, you know, it was clear we didn't speak the language and we looked kind of puzzled. But we were being told, go to the front of the line. And we did. And we didn't have to wait behind 300 people. Mm. And that's what you're looking for, folks. You're looking for the opportunity to get to the front of the line all the time. And, you know, what Carolyn is talking about is some simple ways to network. Get yourself to the front of the line. Be advantaged so you get the results that you want fast, <laughs> fast, as opposed to it taking so long. So this more fun you know you write a blog post or you appear on a podcast or you have a chat with somebody on linkedin live or whatever like I, it doesn't it takes it seriousness out of it you know it's just it can be having a great conversation with a couple of friends that other people are watching or reading and it, it's it makes it more fun than than having to you know be like the cold calling salesman type person 
And, and folks, I'll just simply say, I'm sure some of you gasped at the idea of appearing on a podcast or a YouTube video. It's really no big deal. Mm. It's really very easy. And you just find someone who hosts a show that relates to what it is that you have some degree of expertise in. You mm. let them know you're available as a guest. And I, I'm, I'm sure you'll concur with this. If the person has some knowledge and can string some sentences together, hey, I'm happy to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> right? And also, a little tip around that too, Jeff, is that you want to look at people like, one of the things, we do done this daily. So the big, one of the biggest headaches is finding guests. And I've been really fortunate because Nation has taken a, a lot of that on in terms of, you know, he loves watching TED, TEDx talks and reading blog posts and so forth. So look for somebody that's actually producing a lot of content because they will be looking for guests um, a lot of the time. So somebody that does a podcast, whatever, once a month, he's probably got a bank of podcasts lined up that people like, um, us who are doing daily stuff, it, one of the big things is to find interesting guests. So make yourself interesting to a, you know, a, a podcast or a LinkedIn live person and tell them what, why your audience is, would be interested in what you've got to say or share or there's an interesting angle around that, then um, you know, you've got much more chance of actually doing it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Hey, how can people find out more about you and the work that you do? And please spell your name for them. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so you can look me up on LinkedIn. So my name is spelled K-A-R-A-L-Y-N. And my surname's Brown. I think everybody knows that, but without an E. Um, so you can look me up on LinkedIn. I have a website called interviewiq.com.au being in Australia. And if you put the hashtag in on LinkedIn, Career Care Package will pop up on LinkedIn. Um, you can watch past shows. And we've also got a YouTube channel, um, Career Care Package, that you can find us on YouTube, where I'm slowly getting to upload um, old shows and optimise new shows. So a lot of our shows are actually there. So that's probably the easiest ways. Plus Twitter. I'm not on Facebook so much, but um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And how do they find you on Twitter? Uh, interview IQ is my um, ha handle, trying handle. to get my words together. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to optimize your job search and get better results. First of all, visit my website, thebiggamehunter.us. Go to the blog and go exploring. There's just a lot there to help you in the blog. And if you want to take my class on interviewing, it's called the Ultimate Job Interview Framework. It's available on Udemy. Uh, it's U-D-E-M-Y. Or you can just use this link, thebiggamehunter.us forward slash interviews and order my class there. It's very inexpensive. Like, 12 bucks if you're a new Udemy user, 19.99 if you're an existing one. In addition, it's now available as a Kindle book or as a paperback on Amazon. You can order the book there if you prefer a different format. And as a paperback, I think it's 6.99, as a Kindle book it's 2.99. So again, very inexpensive. Obviously, I'd love to help you with coaching. At my website, you can schedule time for coaching with me or schedule a free discovery call. And if you just have a couple of questions for me, go to thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live and you can schedule 15 minutes with me or thebiggamehunter.us forward slash interviews. And what you're able to do is 
um, ask a question and get a response back with a three to five minute video. I'll be back soon with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great.